0: The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports game Podcast Network is brought to you by GameTime. Snag tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase. Save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog just added Pick'em Scorchers where you could win 100 times your money. That's right. $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Cam Podcast here on the Sports cam Podcast Network. It is currently Tuesday afternoon, October 3rd, and I'm your host, always, Scott Rochelle, once again, going solo for this pod. Episode 2 of the day I did an episode a little while ago on the Beijing final, so if you want my thoughts on the of Center match in Beijing, check out the episode before this one. But for this episode, no recap, no nothing. Instead, we're going straight into the Shanghai Masters. Masters 1000 event taking place, and it's going to be starting on the 4th. And it's going to be carrying over into the 15th. So a reminder, I said this in the last episode, but I'll say it again. We will be doing an episode uh, similarly to what we've done in previous uh, Masters 1000 events, which is an episode every round. So there will be a lot of content. Get excited. But there are 96 people in this event. And as a result, it should be a very entertaining atmosphere and just high quality tennis left and right. Prize pool of 8.8 million dollars, so you are expecting to see a lot of top tier players. However, Djokovic will not be here. He is still taking some time off. As for Nadal, he's still injured, obviously, so he will not be there. Murray will be there, but he's basically a corpse at this point. And of course, Federer's retired. So Masters 1000 events don't exactly have the same. I'd say, lore as they did in previous years. But I mention all those main superstars because, historically speaking, this has been a tournament dominated by superstars. Medvedev did win in 2019, beat Zverev. Before that, Djokovic won, Federer won, Murray won, Djokovic won, Federer won, Djokovic won, Djokovic won, Murray won, and Murray won. So Murray, Djokovic, and Federer have won Every single title here except for two. The first one was Davidenko, who beat Nadal in the final, and the last one was Medvedev in 2019. Of course, COVID happened, so it did not get actual, so the event didn't actually take place for those three years. But the point is, you are going to see probably a new face win it or Medvedev because Murray's definitely not winning it, and Djokovic is not here and is retired. So just keep that in mind. History doesn't really tell us much, besides the fact that the cream tends to rise to the top, which is expected, because it is a Masters 1000 event, so you tend to see top five players in the world winning these type of events. But for the sake of the tournament, nothing else to add. Time to actually start with our picks. Now we're going to start off with the quarter picks, and then work into the actual outrights. I will concede, though, I do not have odds currently available on the first quarter. However, it's Alcaraz, and I'm not picking against him. To go through his immediate path is Dimitrov and Kishanov in his path. I don't really care. Alcaraz is going to win the quarter. So it doesn't really matter that we don't have prices on that quarter because I was only going to take Alcaraz anyway. And even though he did lose to Sinner in the semifinal in Beijing, still won the quarter pretty easily. That's enough for me. Alcaraz is kind of walking into the semis in all of these tournaments. And then he might get upset, he might not. But for the sake of quarter bets, he tends to dominate every quarter he's in. And I'm not going to stand in his way. So give me Alcaraz to win the first quarter. Second quarter is very, very interesting because Rublev is the favorite at plus 333. You Pas at plus 450. Nori at 6 to 1. Tommy Paul at 7 to 1. Umber at 11 to 1. You have Fakina at 12 to 1 Stroof at 14 to 1 Menarino at 16 to 1 fresh off the title in Astana you have Karatsev at 16 to 1 as well and then you have a couple of other long shots who I don't think have a realistic shot of winning but once again when you have 96 people in the actual field there are a lot of guys in each quarter now as for Rublev since he is the listed favorite he's been quite underwhelming lately and I am a bit concerned about his initial draw does have a bye Face off against the winner of Karatsev and Halas. I'm going to assume Karatsev wins it, because I haven't really seen Halas play much lately. But Karatsev, I think, could actually beat Rublev if they get into a three-set battle. And I do think Karatsev has the game to potentially upset Rublev, who we saw lose very early on to Umber in his last match. But for the rest of the actual quarter, or the initial section, I should say, for Rublev, He probably has to face off against Manorino in the round after, which is not easy because I know Manorino, once again, fresh off a title, does have a bye in the first round. So Manorino might be an appealing option here since he does have some extra rest time since he's not playing in the first round. But Manorino's at 16 to 1. That's pretty appealing to me based on how good he's been and based on how unique his play style is. I will definitely have a play on that. As for Rublev, though, I'm not going to take him. I don't like his current form. And facing off against probably Karatsev and Manorino in his first two matches here, not an ideal situation. So I'm going to stay away from him. Sitsipas, I thought about, but he's off of an injury. I know we faded him early last tournament. We thought that Jari was going to beat him. And he does have a pretty decent draw against probably Dejir, who's off of an injury. He got buried in the first round against Majedovic, and then ended up retiring midway through. So I'm not sure if this year is fully healthy, but we saw this year in the U.S. Open against Djokovic. He has the game to beat Tsitsipas if he's on. I'm not sure if he's going to be on, though. But Tsitsipas will probably have a matchup against Umber, if I had to assume what his path would be after that. Then probably Nori. I think it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. I'm not taking Nori at 6-1. Nori's odds are insane, and he's been really bad this year. No chance I take him at 6-1. He should be closer to around 15 to 1, if I had to price it myself. Nori's not that good, so I'm not picking him there. Tommy Paul is interesting. I'll get back to City Paul in a second. Uh, but for Tommy Paul, he does have a pretty interesting draw. Probably against Offner in the first round, and then you end up having most likely a matchup against Fakina. In a US Open rematch, in which Paul did win that one in a somewhat lopsided first two sets. Then it got interesting, but Paul did win that match in four. I think Paul is definitely worth consideration because at seven to one, he has shown he's capable of making relatively deep runs in events. Fakina is definitely a worthy opponent at 12 to one, except Phil's is the most likely matchup for Fakina in the second round. Phil's hasn't exactly done much lately, but he's still a talented player, and I do think that Phil's can give Fakina an interesting match there after Fakina's off the bye. So I do think that Fakina can maybe be an upset award from Phil's, but I think Paul should be able to get past Varese or Offner, probably Offner, and I do think that Paul's going to win that one. I do think that when I'm looking at this overall just section here. I think Paul can beat Rublev. I think it is doable. So I am going to take Paul at 7-1. I think that he's got a pretty good price, and I do know that even though Paul got buried against Medvedev, it means he's had some time off to reflect, and I do think that he is, once again, a very solid top 20 caliber player. 7-1, I'm intrigued. I'll go with Paul at 7-1. This is going to be a pretty... Decent long shot quarter for me, where I'm skipping Rublev, I'm skipping Anori, and honestly, Sitsipas can win the quarter, but off the injury, I don't know if I actually trust him. He's played one match since the injury, and he lost to Jari in straight sets. I think I'm going to skip out on Sitsipas. I will acknowledge his overall draw is not that bad, but the fact that he might not be at full strength and the fact that he is... Potentially going to have to play a lot of tennis after overcoming an injury does not really instill much confidence uh from me in him. So I'm going to lean away from Sitzy If he wins the quarter, would I be shocked? No, of course not. But I do think that once again, I can't trust him post-injury. And we know he's also a head case in his own right. So Paul's my look at seven to one. I am gonna throw in Manorino at 16 to 1. I think that's it. I really don't see much here. If I had to pick one of the three favorites between Rublev, Sitsipas, and Nori, I probably would pick Sitsipas because his draw is easier than Nori and Rublev and Nori. I just don't like the current foreman. But instead, I'm going to just go with Paul at 7-1 to and Manorino at 16-1. to And from that point, I will move on. Moving on to the third quarter. You have hour as the favorite. So, you know, it's going to be a massive free for all here uh, at plus 400. You have Hercatch at 450, Rune at 450, Root at 5 to 1, Eubanks at 11 to 1, Musetti at 12 to 1, Nishioka at 16 to 1, Greek Sport 18 to 1, Warenka at 18 to 1. And then you have a couple of other long shots who I really don't see having a chance. So, starting off with Dimonour, hour uh, we know, was in pretty good form in the last event before eventually running into Medvedev. Not his fault. Gave Medvedev a run for his money, but just could not get the job done. But I do think when you're looking at the overall form of these players, hour probably should be the favorite because he has been in very good form so far this year, and he does have a pretty good path matchup against either Rinderknich or, or Morozin off the bye, then probably Grixpor. But sport will have to face off against probably Waranka before that, and that could go either way. I think that Dimenauer should be able to get past that immediate section, then a matchup against either Rude or Eubanks, most likely. That's going to be tough, but I do think Dimenauer has a decent path, all things being considered. I think he's worthy of being the favorite, and at 4-1, to one, I think I am going to lean in his general direction. I think it's tempting at 4-1, to one, so I'll put him on the back burner. Her catch is very interesting because her catch has kind of gone AWOL, you haven't really heard from him much lately. We know he's a very good hardcore player. However, he would most likely have to face off against Kokonakis in the second round. And Hercatch and Kokonakis have had a couple of, at least one, serious marathon match. That might be a coin flip. So Herkatch, I'm going to pass on. He's not played much tennis lately, and I think Kokonakis can beat him if they face off in the second round. Rune has been a lost cause. He's won one match in about the last three months. So without even looking at the draw with a deep dive, I got to pass on on Rune because I have no interest based on his current form. Rude at 5-1. to one, He has not been in good form, but then again, he did lose to Alcaraz, so I can't fully blame him uh, for losing that one. I think Rude would beat Eubanks if they faced off against each other, and I do think Rude has a pretty decent path here. Rooted 5-1, to I think, might be interesting, but that involves him making a deep run on a hard court, and he's not been that good this year once again. But even though it is going to be a relatively open path, or at least open quarter, I do find myself gravitating more towards the favorites, because the favorites have good prices, and second of all, I'm not really sold in the longer shots in this section. I think Hour and Rude would be my main two picks here at 4-1 to one and at 5-1. to one. If you want a long shot, I probably wouldn't mind. Do I want a flyer on Kokonakis because he was decent in the Davis Cup? He lost to Draper in three, but he beat Stricker in straight sets. I do think I'm going to stick with those guys. I'll stick with Diminauer and Rude. I don't really have much else. I thought about taking a flyer on Kokonakis at 22-1, I don't think he's going to actually get past the first couple rounds. Koganakis tends to win a round or two, and then he loses a heartbreaker. That's the Koganakis special. So for me, I'm going to go with just Dimanao and Rude. I'm going to move on to the fourth quarter. You have Medvedev and Sinner in the same quarter with Zverev. So three of the four semifinalists in, uh, Be- in Beijing are in the same section, which is a brutal draw for those three guys. You have Shelton at 12 to 1, Korda at 14 to 1, you have Sarundolo at 18 to 1, you have Safulin at 20 to 1, and a bunch of long shots who have no shot. So looking at the initial draw for the defending champion, uh Medvedev, he might be fatigued off of the final against Center, but I'll mention all these guys anyway, assuming they're going to play. Pretty easy draw, however, does have a matchup against Korda most likely in the third round. And you might remember Korda actually beat Medvedev in three, in, yeah, I think it was straight sets in the Australian Open earlier this year. So Korda's had success against Medvedev, but both guys might be fatigued. Korda did a lose in the final in Astana, so the exhaustion might balance out between the two of them. And I do think based on current form, Medvedev should beat Korda in either straight sets or, Uh, I'd say either a convincing straight sets or two competitive sets, but I don't see Korda really doing much damage there. He wasn't in great form, and Astana made the final, but dropped sets left and right, and Medvedev has been in very good form lately. I think Medvedev should be able to get through that section unscathed. Besides that, then he has a matchup against either Felix or Sarandolo, most likely. Maybe McDonald, but once again, that's going to be a free path for Medvedev. I got to go with Medvedev. I just think that he's in line for a good Uh, overall run here, and luckily for him, Sinner and Zverev to play against each other before facing off against him. So Medvedev is going to be my pick here to win the quarter at plus 150. Sinner and Zverev, I think I'm going to stay away from Sinner. Zverev I might be tempted by at 550, because I do think that Zverev can beat Sinner, and he does have an extra day off since he was not playing on... Wednesday, which is what Sinner's going to have to do in the final against Medvedev. So Zverev does have an extra day off, but 550, I think, is a bit appealing. You can argue that maybe Shelton can beat uh, Zverev because the serve if it's on can be difficult, but I still don't think Shelton is a great player by any means. The only concern that I have for Zverev is the fact that in the second round off the bye, he's facing off against either Safoulin or Murray. I'm going to lean Safulin in that match, actually. But I do think that Zverev's better than Safoulin. It is an immediate rematch, though, from the final they had, where we did a lean to Safoulin, who fell short as he lost in a three-set marathon. So that might be the one thing that scares me off, actually, of Zverev. It is a pretty difficult second match if Safulin gets through. I think Zverev would beat Murray pretty comfortably. But I do think, looking at the actual odds here, do I want to take Zverev? You know what? I think I talk myself out of it. I think that Safoulin actually scares me off, and Zverev really has a hard time beating Medvedev, and he has to beat Center first. That's not really appealing to me. I'm going to stay away from Zverev now that I actually think about it. However, I am going to lean to Safoulin at 20-1. to It is a very dangerous proposition because Murray in the first round is not an easy matchup by any means, but I really like his form. I know that he's capable of beating Zverev because he had Zverev on the ropes in the final about a week or two ago. So I am going to go with Safulin as my long shot, so to speak, in the section at 20-1. to 1. But my main pick will be Medvedev at plus 150. Korda, I might have considered if he was not off of a very long run in Astana because he has beaten Medvedev this year. But I can't do it. I think you're looking at what should be a pretty straightforward quarter. Medvedev has an easy draw. I think he'll run through it. Give me Medvedev at plus 150. Now, for the actual outrights for this event, in terms of actually winning the whole event, got to start off with the favorite Alcaraz at plus 190. You Mevedev Medvedev at plus 350. Sinner at 6-1. Zverev at 16-1. to one, Rublev at 18-1. to one. I didn't mention Fritz, but he is in Alcaraz's quarter, so I'm not giving Fritz much, much of a shot. Sitsipas is at 28 to 1. Dimonauer is at 28 to 1. You have Kashanov at 33 to 1. Herketch, 33 to 1. Rune, 33 to 1. Tiafo at 40 to 1, who's also in Alcaraz's quarter. Uh, besides that, not much more to add. So, starting off with the favorites, yes, I do think Alcaraz has a great chance of winning. Uh, I do think that he has value since he also lost in the semis, so he's not going to be fully exhausted. For this event now, Alcaraz has had some issues against Sinner in the past, but they are on opposite sides of the bracket, which is going to definitely help him out. And you're looking at once again Alcaraz still being a top tier player. I think he's going to get through his quarter, and you're looking at the second quarter, which is once again headlined by the likes of Dim and Hour as the betting favorite. Uh, sorry, that's the third quarter. The second quarter is favored by Rublev and Tsitsipas and Nori. Once again, Alcaraz should pretty much cruise to the final as far as I'm concerned. If he gets past the first quarter, he's beating Rublev, he's beating Tsitsipas. I mean, I don't see anybody standing in his way. So I am going to go with Alcaraz at plus 190. I'm also going to go with Medvedev at plus 350. I mentioned the draw before. The third quarter's weak with Dimonauer headlining. I think Medvedev is going to get by... He gets to watch Zverev and Sinner kill each other. Maybe Safoulin ends up beating Zverev. I wonder if he's going to be extra exhausted since he had a bunch of three-setters for the past two weeks. But I do think that Medvedev and Alcaraz are clearly the class of the tournament, so I am going to go with those two. As for the others, I really don't see much. I will take a flyer on Dimon at 28-1. to 1. I, I just think that, once again, he's a guy that... Actually, you know what? I think I'm going to pass on Dimonauer at 28 to 1 because I think that Rude at 40 to 1 is a bit more appealing. I'm not sure Rude's going to win this thing. In fact, I'm not sure he's going to end up winning his own quarter, but I do think 40 to 1 for a top 10 guy does seem a little bit large. He's the same price as Tiafo, who's in Alcaraz's section, and Nori, who's just not very good at this point in the season. I think there's value on Rude since he does have a pretty easy quarter compared to the others so 40 to 1 I think is appealing Tommy Paul at 50 to 1 I'll take a flyer on as well since he has given Alcaraz problems in the past maybe he could pull off an upset if he's in that position but for me the main options are going to be Alcaraz and Medvedev. Alcaraz plus 190 Medvedev plus 350 and I will throw in a couple long shots Root at 40 to 1 and Tommy Paul at 50 to 1 I'm skipping center because I do think that fatigue wise he's going to struggle after having to face off against Medvedev in the final on Wednesday in Beijing. Plus, he was battling an injury earlier in the event against Evans. He seems fine based on how he played against Alcaraz, but I do question his overall fitness if he's forced to go into Shanghai off of a final in Beijing and play a bunch of tennis moving forward. I do think that Sinner might struggle with his overall stamina in the latter stages of this event, so I am going to pass on him. Same with Zverev. He just had a lot of tennis. He won a title, immediately went into Beijing, had a bunch of three-setters, and lost in the semis. I'm going to stay away from them. That's going to wrap it up for the actual outright portion of this episode. Now it's time to get into the Lock and Dog picks for some matches, but before we get into any of that, I of have a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by GameTime. I don't know about all of you, but I personally love attending sporting events in person. It used to be very annoying to actually do because you had to find a ticket platform that you could trust but that changed once I found out about game time game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all these sports and music comedy and theaters near you and they also have some great features on their app including images of seat views maybe in the past you bought a ticket and you thought you're going to get a great view of the action and next thing you know you had an obstruction in your way and you realize you wasted money because you could not see the action you were paying to see that's not an issue with the game time app because with the images of seat views feature it'll show you the exact view you will get if you purchase a specific seat so once again you don't have to worry about getting an obstructed view plus game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find the tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Same tickets without the stress with GameTime, download the GameTime app, create an account, use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog also just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100 times your money. From now until October 4th, Underdog is matching 100% of your first deposits up to $500. $100,000 Sundays continue. Underdog Fantasy, 10 lucky players will win $10,000 each. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over Underdog's mobile app or website, Underdog Fantasy. Dot com And when you sign up, use promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first spots up to $500. Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished the outright portion of the Shanghai Masters. Now it's time to get into the actual Lock and Dog picks for some matches taking place in the first round. Starting off in a matchup between Kokanakis and... Fognini, my lock will be Kokonakis minus three and a half games at minus 125. Simply put, uh, Kokonakis has owned Fognini in the head-to-head. He also beat him earlier this year in the Australian Open. Beat him 6-1, 6-2, 6-2. Absolute destruction. And I do think you're going to see a pretty similar one-sided affair here Wednesday morning. Now you're looking at Kokonakis, who has been playing a lot of hardcore events lately, either the two tournaments before the US Open, or even the Davis Cup, where he lost in three sets to Draper. No shame in that, and also beat Stricker in straight sets. He's played some hardcore tennis he's accustomed to. We know Kokonakis is at his most comfortable on hard court. Meanwhile, Fognini is the opposite. Fognini has played one hard court match at any level, challenger, ITF, ATP, whatever. He's only played one hardcourt match since late March, and that was the first round of U.S. Open qualifying where he lost in three sets. So Fognini has not played any hardcourts at all. It's because of his injuries in his career. He's past his prime. He can't move. And as a result, he has become a clay court specialist because it's better on his knees and his legs. But simply put, I do think when you're looking at a hardcourt specialist who ended up burying the same exact opponent months ago, I'll admit, but in straight sets, lost a total of five games in three sets. Him to win by four games, I think, is a very solid deal, and the fact that Fognini really can't serve and really can't move definitely is not a good recipe for this matchup. He's only here because he got a wild card entry, so he didn't have to qualify, and he's getting paid and a Masters 1000 event. So Fognini's here for the paycheck, and I expect him to get buried. But if you ask me right now if I thought Fognini had a chance to be in the main draw... If he had to go through qualifying, the answer is no. I think he would have gotten buried. And because of that, I do think that Kokonakis has a very solid edge here. Give me Kokonakis, minus three and a half games at minus 125 on bet 365 as my lock. And for my dog, I am going to go to a matchup between Arnaldi and Papyrin. Give me the over two and a half sets at plus 135. Simply put, both players are no strangers to being involved in very long matches. They faced off against each other in UMOG, actually. That was on clay, but the point is it did go three sets, so the one head-to-head meeting did go the distance. But looking at Papyrin's last couple of months, he's been involved in a bunch of three-set matches. To go through them, he, the last two matches in Umag, including the match against Arnaldi, did go to three sets. That was on clay, but still. So that's two straight. Then he went to Cincinnati. And each of his first four matches there went to three sets. So that's six straight. Lost to her 6-1, 7-6. Had some chances on the breaker. Did not convert, but either way, point is 6-1. and And then he lost to Korda in Astana in three. So seven of Papyrin's last two out of three set matches have gone the distance. And Arnaldi has also been involved in some three set matches recently. To go through his trends, he has gone to three sets in was that three of the last five, three of the last six, four of the last seven matches uh, in two out of three sets, he has gone three. So both guys are no strangers to having uh, solid moments and dips in their respective levels of play. And I do think as a result, that is a perfect combo for an over two and a half sets when each guy is known for having lapses in their respective games. I see it balancing out. I see it being a marathon match, and I do think you'll end up seeing this go over the two and a half sets. But plus 135 is a good price, especially when you're looking at the overall money line price for these players. Papyron is currently plus 136, Arnaldi is minus 156. So the money line is pretty close. The spread is only one and a half each way so you are expecting based on where the odds are located a close not 1550 match but maybe like a 54 46 match and I think because of that you should end up seeing a pretty close matchup take place which goes the distance so once again, the lock and dog for the show. The lock's going to be Kokanakis minus three and a half games at minus 125 against Fognini. And my dog will be Arnaldi and Papyrin over two and a half sets at plus 135. Reminder I had an episode for the Beijing final. Uh, so if you want another pick, for the Wednesday action. Check out the uh, podcast for this one. But also a reminder, I will be doing an episode for each round of Shanghai. So get excited, a lot of content. And until next time, find me on Twitter at Right Show Radio. Find me on a bunch of podcasts with the network, the NBA show, the NFL show, MLB show, WNBA show, I get the point. Until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.